Hey guys, this is Pastor Mark Warren from Church at the Crossroads. Thank you for checking out our podcast. My prayer is that you're encouraged and challenged as you hear, understand, and obey God's Word today. I'm, I'm grateful for you all. Um, I'm grateful for my brothers. Uh, like I said, many of my folk come from Windsor, I think Oak City, Robertsonville, Greenville, to come to be with us this morning. So um, I'm grateful, thankful for that. All right. Now, now I'm ready. Now I'm ready. All right. So um, the topic of today's message is one day at a time, one day at a time. And if we may all stand for the reading of the word of God. Those that can, those that can. Matthew chapter six, verses 24 through 34. And it reads as such. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on, for Oh, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. For they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So then why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, Do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, the world seeks after all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. That is the word of God. You all may be seated. Y'all look good. Y'all look healthy. If we ain't got nothing else to uh, praise God for, we made it through a pandemic. Yeah. 
we're still here. We're still breathing. We may have lost some loved ones, but thank God we're still here. And as uh, in the wise words of Ice Cube, today was a good day. So, one day at a time. We all know the hymns, and that is one reason why it is very, very important that we continue to keep the hymns in the house of God because they teach us a lot of things in the word of God. One day at a time, sweet Jesus. That is all I'm asking of you. Help me today to do everything that I have to do. Yesterday's gone, sweet Jesus, and tomorrow may never be mine. One day at a time. Now, John Newton once said that he compared life's struggles to a bundle of sticks that were too heavy to carry. Now, we know God doesn't require us to carry that heavy load all at once. But to carry one stick per day. John Newton said that uh, it was in God's great wisdom that he would untie the bundle of sticks and hand us out one a day at a time. And it is in our great folly that we continue to carry yesterday's stick over and over while carrying today's stick and then adding tomorrow's stick even before we're required to carry it. So, life would be so much easier. Life would be so much uh, more bearable. Our burden that much more lighter if we followed the instructions to do what? Take life's load one day at a time. If we think about life and just ponder it in your mind, meditate on it for a moment, each one of us could probably think about something that worries us more than the next. Everybody, man, woman, and child, Notice I didn't give any other genders. There are only two genders, male and female. Thus saith the Lord, but male or female, uh, uh, adult or child, everybody can find something to worry about. People who have money, they don't necessarily worry about the bills. They might worry about the stock market crashing. People who ain't got no money, I can say we, because I'm one of them. We ain't worried about the stock market crashing. We worry about the high gas. People who own successful businesses, they're not worrying about Job security, they own the business. 
but they may have to worry about some big decision that will affect their next wave. Those of us who work the job every day, we got to make sure we on time every day because we don't want to get sent to the house. So then there's always something to worry about. But I redirect you back to the text. And in the text, our Lord, and I say this every single time I open my mouth just about, Luke chapter 646, y'all going to remember this verse. Luke chapter 646 says, if, I am, if you call me Lord, if you call me master, then what? You would do what I tell you to do. And in the text, he tells us to do what? Not worry. But yet, we still worry. Why are we so persistent in worrying? When our master, our father, our God, who supplies everything, who is sovereign over everything, who is in control of everything, who has to sign off on any trouble that comes our way, therefore, if he signs off on that trouble, then he's going to provide in our time of need. Therefore, he says, don't worry, but as the song says, I will trust you. Even when you didn't move that mountain and I had to climb it, you are the one who carried me on your back. When I wanted you to, to part the, the waters, but you didn't, you're the one who gave me safe sailing to the other side. So then when he says, trust me, what do you think the best course of action is? Trust him. And if we trust him, we won't worry so much. Alas, we are persistent to carry yesterday's stick over and over again. And we got to carry today's stick because that is the instruction. And then we will also go pick up tomorrow's stick before we are required to carry it. Now, another thing I'd like to say is that people who follow Jesus, people who follow Jesus, we don't worry about, we don't worry about what comes in the future. We don't worry about where we will spend eternity because we know our eternity is secure in Christ. So we don't worry about that. But we tend to worry about when and how he'll call us home. Right? Is it going to be a car accident? Is it going to be natural causes? Is it going to be COVID? Is it going to be this, that, or the third? Now, we know where we're going when we do go, but we worry about how we're going to get there. Those who do not know Jesus, those who do not follow Jesus, they absolutely need to be worrying. But it would seem to me that ignorance is bliss because they ain't worried about nothing. They don't even feel the heat from the embers of hellfire coming after them. 
that would prove to be foolish. I'm reminded of a sermon that I listen to pretty often. I listen to it a lot. And it is by um, one of the uh, most prominent evangelists of our time. He used to do a lot of crusades with Billy Graham, and his name was Evie Hill, a black guy. And he was amazing. He was amazing. And in this uh, sermon, he talked about meeting a Black Panther, a lady from the Black Panther. And he said he was praying a lot because he didn't know how much of a Black Panther she was. <laughs> and so she asked him, she said, well, 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 tell me, pastor, tell me, preacher, what do I have when I have Jesus? Is my rent going to be paid? It is, is, and mind you, I'm assuming this is back 80s, 70s. So um, she said, is, 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 is this going to stop racism? Is this going to get the white man off of my neck? Is this going to put me in a, a, a really nice apartment? Is this going to pay my bills? Am I going to have a nice car? Am I going to have everything I want because I have Jesus? And he said, well, I don't, I don't know many of us who do got Jesus that got all of that stuff. He said, but I will tell you what, what you do have when you have Jesus. When you have Jesus, number one, you have peace with God. Number two, you have the peace of God. And number three is what is going to run through the vein of this message. You have the divine supplement of God. All right, so as Jesus spoke to the multitudes who traveled to be in his presence, his topics ranged from judging others to doing charitable deeds to prayer and fasting and, you know, a whole host of other different topics in this uh, uh, book of Matthew. Today we want to look at what Jesus said about managing our stress and avoiding anxiety. Verse 24 says that we can't serve two masters. We cannot serve God and mammon or money. So Jesus makes it clear that you must choose between God and your pursuit of wealth. Let me make it clear. Not saying that being rich is a sin by no means. So we're clear about that. Having a, a, a ton of money is not a sin. Unless that ton of money has you. We're reminded of, of uh, I think, Matthew 19, I believe it is. Or maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. No. Nope. Anyway, we remember the, uh, the young man who came to Jesus. And he was saying, what must I do to, to enter into the kingdom of heaven? And, and Jesus told him, you know, keep these commandments, these commandments. And he was just naming the commandments. And he said, well, all of these I've kept from my youth. And Jesus said, well, then there's one more thing required of you. And he said, sell all of your possessions and give your earnings to the poor and come follow me. And that man walked away sad, brokenhearted, because out of all his doing, his heart 
wasn't, or his, his money had his heart. His heart wasn't in God. His heart was in his, his wealth. His heart was in his money. And so then we got to be very careful that we don't uh, 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 turn to idolatry with wealth or with our pursuit of money. That we don't uh, uh, turn idolatrous with this thing like this young man did who walked away from the one who came to save him because his money mattered more. Verse 25, Jesus states that our father is well aware of our daily needs. Now, mind you, in this scripture, we see uh, what you will eat, what you will drink, and clothes. Understand that what Jesus is describing here is the very basic necessities of life, the very essentials of life. So, as I mentioned that E.V. Hill said earlier, God did not promise you a Rolls Royce. God did not promise you an Escalade. If you have these things, God bless you. If you want these things, God bless you. But do not break yourself trying to acquire these things. If your 2005 gets you where you need to go. Be happy. Be content with such as you have. Should it break down, then ask your father in heaven for his divine supplement. And he will do as he has always promised to provide what? Your every single need according to what? Not what you got in the bank, not what you can get, not how much overtime you work, but according to his riches and glory. Him. He says he has a cattle on a thousand hills, not Jake. Not Wells Fargo. They getting ready to shut down. Not, not, not uh, uh, state employees. You can go borrow all the money in the world. If God's blessing isn't on it, you are doing nothing but putting yourself in more debt. God didn't promise to supply you a three-story house with 100 acres. If you have those things, God bless you. Don't look down on the people who don't. And for those who don't have those things, don't turn your nose up at the people who do. But be thankful for such as you have. But God says, and God knows we have all different types of necessities. One may need this. One may need that. Uh, 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 people who are sick need medicine more so than people who are well. So then this is a necessity for one that is not a necessity for the other. People who are, uh, are, are elderly and can't do for themselves, they need care. That's a necessity for that one more so than the able-bodied person. So what God is saying here, although Jesus said drink and, and food and clothing, he's saying the bare necessities, the essentials, what will keep you God will provide. God will maintain 
God will sustain. He didn't promise you. I don't care what Joel Osteen or anybody else says. He didn't promise you anything else. Money coming to me. It ain't got here yet. That is different. That is different from having faith that God will provide. If all you need, listen to what I'm saying, if all you need is $50 to get through, why does God need to send you a thousand? He said, I will supply your every what? Need. He didn't say, I'm going to give you everything you've ever wanted because many of the things we want, we don't need. And the many of the things that we need, we don't want. Our bodies are made up of what, 70% water? What do we like to drink the least? Am I lying? Did I lie to you? Mountain Dew show tastes a whole lot better. Coffee show tastes a whole lot better. And, and, and for me, even though I don't mess with it, but an ice cold Coke. Listen to what I'm saying. Here's the thing. You got a cup of ice. Filled to the brim. No, no, not Pepsi. Not Pepsi. I heard you. I heard you, but I got to disagree. I heard you, but I got to disagree. This is why I disagree. Because when you bring that Pepsi out, that Pepsi is good enough to come right straight out the can. I can drink it right straight out the can. I can't drink a Coke straight. No, no. You get that cold glass of ice and fill it up to the top. You turn that Coke over and pour it all in, and you sip it slow. That's good stuff. But God said, you got to go to the store and buy that Coke. Turn on that water faucet. There I have supplied your every need. See the difference between need and want? Want going to cost you. Need is provided for you. I got two more hours. Y'all good? Oh, I can go. I can go. He said, I got two hours. I preach to you by yourself. <laughs> okay, verse 26. In order to relieve our anxieties or our worries or our uneasiness about the future or things that we cannot change or control, Jesus gives us the example of the birds. Why a bird? Couldn't he give us man's best friend, the dog? Couldn't he give us an example of a lion? Couldn't he give us a tiger, a bear? Oh, my. But, but, what does the word say? He uses the, the foolish things, the simple things to confound the wise. So then he used something as simple as a bird that we see every day, many different colors, shapes, and uh, forms. These birds that Jesus uh, uh, used as an example may leave you a nice present on your freshly washed windshield. And um, for some of us, some of us who think we can drive NASCAR, it might end up being the ornament in your grill. 
But it is the bird that Jesus used to, to prove a divine point. He says, it was the bird that is one of the greatest examples of God's great providence. The bird doesn't uh, plant seeds in the ground. The bird doesn't uh, uh, water the ground, fertilize the ground, doesn't do none of that. It doesn't reap the harvest. It doesn't store the, the crops away in the barns. It doesn't do none of that. The bird has no responsibility. But God feeds them every single day. But God takes care of that bird. His eye is what? On the sparrow. So then I know what? He's watching me. Jesus said, aren't you worth more than that bird? Did I breathe the breath of life into that bird? Or did I breathe the breath of life into you all? Did I give my spirit to that bird or did I give my spirit to you all? Is that bird fearfully and wonderfully made like you? Is there something that this bird has that you don't? Therefore, as the bird doesn't worry, they got somewhere to go. In the wintertime, they fly south. They got nests and trees for homes. And if you don't take care of your home, they'll put a nest in your home. Yet, God provides for them every single thing that they have a need of according to his riches and glory. Because all things, the world is his and everything that is what? In it. So, Jesus asked a big question that ought to shatter our anxieties, that ought to uh, close the coffins on our worries. He said, are you not more valuable than a bird? Are you not more valuable than a bird? Can anyone in here, no matter what you might think of the next man or the next person, no matter what you might think of them, would you think that they are worth less than a bird? If you, us all, who are sinful Human beings can see worth in the next person, and we should. Need I say that again? We should see worth in the next person despite their, their intellect, despite the color of their skin. We should absolutely see the worth in the next person. If God feeds the birds, then you can feed your brother or your sister. If God loves the birds then what more does that say about your brother and your sister? Ooh, somebody don't like I said that. But it is true. How can we love our animals? And that is what God got on the Pharisees about. Jesus got on the Pharisees about. He said if, if, if on a Sabbath day you have an animal or something fall in the pit, you're going to get him out. But yet you will see this man needing a healing and you say, nope, not on the Sabbath. Not today you won't. Not today. I love the animal more than I love my brother. When we see all the stuff going on in the world, 
Can you really look at the next person because they're a different color from you and say, ah, oh, they're a little less than me? That should make you sick because it makes God sick. And if we love God, we will hate what he hates and love what he loves. And God loves all of his children the same. So then we should love each and every one the same. There is no black church. There is no white church. There is no woke church. There is no sleep church. There is only the church of Christ. The ones he died for. And he guess what? He gave his life for the black person just as well as the white person, as well as the Hispanic and anybody else who accepts him. John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever. How can we look down on someone else? Because of the color of their skin, or because of their intellect, or because of their gender. Provided. Provided. There are only two genders. However, before anybody calls me a bigot, anybody who has done that are no more sinner than the rest of us, and they are deserving of respect as well. Didn't say you got to like it. And did you, you better not, uh, 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 what's the right word? You better not uh, uh, be okay with it. You, you better not get in with it. You better not soften up on it and say that it's okay for some. No, it's not okay, but I still love you. I still respect you. Oh, you wrong. Oh, you wrong, but I love you. I don't respect what you do, but I respect you. Because guess what? Unless Jesus stops saving, a, a, a trans person is able to be saved too. And if, if I'm not correct, I want to say, that I came across a video on YouTube the other day where there was a trans person who has already went that far. And they said, God brought me back. How that works? God is good. He is merciful. Verses 27 through 32 will take us a bulk. Jesus asked yet another big question that was designed to make us check our hearts and remind us that without God, we are nothing. Also, simultaneously, reinforcing the fact that he loves us and we do not need to worry. Jesus asked this question. Can you add an inch to your height by worrying about it? Ladies and gentlemen, I will ask you this. Can you, can you cure the cancer that may be in your body, God forbid, by worrying about it? Can you bring that wayward spouse or that wayward child back home by worrying about it? Here's a simple one. Here's a simple one because I'm pretty sure we can all do this. Is the food going to cook itself? Charlene, let me, let, me, let me turn this way. Let me turn this way. Is the food going to cook itself? 
by you worrying about it. I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> but it's all right. I'm already in trouble. <laughs> Whatever. Are the bills going to pay? Are, are the bills going to get paid? By you worrying about it. Is your coworker going to treat you any better? By you worrying about it. Is the situation at home, at your job, at school, going to change by worrying about it? Maybe, maybe, let me know if I'm wrong. If you worry enough, now mind you, we can do a little word faith today, and y'all can tell um, Mark that I apologize for doing word faith with y'all today, but we're going to try word faith today. Okay, so, so let us try. Best we can. Think as hard as you can right now. Claim it. Claim $200 in your bank right now. If you get it, give it to me. <laughs> oh, oh, your faith don't work that way. Oh, so you can't claim it and get it and then give it to me. That, it doesn't work. Okay. So maybe then if you worry about it, worry about that $200 that you need to pay that bill and it's not in your bank account right now, you do not have it, worry about it and see if it gets there. See if that bill gets paid any faster. Now mind you, I didn't say pray. Don't pray. Don't pray. Just claim it. Ask for it. Claim it. And worry about it. That's it. Don't pray. That's not the same thing. Don't pray. Just worry about it and claim it and see if you get it. Let me know. Let me know. The answer to this, the answer to this question is in the white spaces between verse 27 and 28. So if you look at the white space in between, we got to exegete the white spaces in between verse 27 and 28. And the answer is an emphatic no. No. It was a rhetorical question Jesus asked. Are you going to grow an inch by worrying about it? Are you going to add one moment onto your life by worrying about it? Remember the, the story in the beginning. You carry yesterday's stick over and over. You won't let the past go. You got today's trouble. According to the scripture here, that's enough. But we want to go worry about the future, too. What's going to happen to me tomorrow? I don't know. I ain't got there yet. Tomorrow ain't even promised to me. So then let me live today. Let me live in the moment. And not live in the moment as in flippantly just let it all hang out. No, I ain't saying that. Don't throw caution to the wind. That is foolish. The Bible tells us to use wisdom. However, don't be... A, a, a slave, don't be bound to your past and don't be a slave to what may or may not happen in the future. Just live today, one day at a time. Why do we risk and lose so much effort, sleep, life, worrying? 
Again, Jesus uses another simple example to explain divine truth. Consider the lilies. Anybody knows anything? Anybody got a green thumb? Lilies are beautiful little plants, beautiful little flowers, beautiful. And the Bible made it clear, as beautiful as they are, especially when they grow up uh, the grass around them, and they're so beautiful, said uh, 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 Solomon, one of the most aesthetically decorated kings in human history, didn't look as beautiful as these lilies. And if God loves the grass enough that is here today and gone tomorrow to allow a beautiful lily, a beautiful, one of God's most beautiful creations, to sprout up from the ground, from the dirt, here one season, go on the next. What more will he do for you? What more will he do for you? You think God don't care about your cancer? You think God don't care about your, 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 your coronary artery disease? You think God don't care about your kidney disease? You think God don't care about your, 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 your different problems you got going on? You think God don't care about your children? You think God don't care about your marriage? You think God don't care about your finances? You think God don't care about your job? You think God don't care about your school? You think God doesn't care? He said, you have not because you didn't claim it. Did he say that? No. He said, you have not because you didn't worry about it. Did he say that? No. He said, you have not because you didn't ask for it. And then he goes on to say, if you did ask for it, and that's the part we leave out. Oh, we, we, we quote, you have not because you asked not. But we leave the next part out. He says, you have not because you ask not, or because you ask with some kind of selfish ulterior motive that isn't good for you or anyone else, so then I'm not going to give it to you because you're only going to do damage. Did we think about that? Some of the prayers that we pray is not because we need that thing. We think we need that thing, but we don't need that thing. We want that thing, and therefore, we cause damage to ourselves and others by getting these things. So then, therefore, we have not because we didn't ask. Because he said, what, 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 what parent, what father, what father would give a child a stone when he asks for something, some, some, some nice toy? Hmm? What, 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 what father would give, what, what father would give a child some dirt when he asks for something to eat? I'm not going to give you something that's going to destroy you because you asked for it. But I will give you absolutely every single thing that you, what? Need. Need. And then there's a scripture, because I know somebody think about it. The scripture where he says, I will give you the desires of your heart. Absolutely. Let's understand that all together. When the desires of your heart align with the will of God, I will give you the desires of your heart because the desires of your heart will be glorifying me. I'm not going to give you this desire when this desire is going to destroy your soul. If your child asks for something Say, say, say your child asks for a gun. You don't think they're old enough to handle it. You don't think they're uh, uh, responsible enough to use it. You'd be an idiot to give it to them. 
because they begged you for it. Y'all understand that? God knows what we need. He's not going to give us something to harm ourselves, no matter how much we beg him for it. So then either we are asking God for the wrong things or we're not asking him at all. Lord, what is your will? Oh, yeah, God has a will. God has a will. Jesus finally says, okay, in order for you to uh, uh, receive the divine supplement of God, in order for you to receive the divine supplement of God, there's one thing you must do. One thing. He said, seek God. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things, now we, we, take this out of, we take this out of context too. All of these things, what is he talking about in the context of the message? All of these things is what? All of your needs. Not everything, not everything you desire. He's talking about your needs. And even Jesus stripped it down to the bare necessities. He says, my father knows that you have need of all of these things. Therefore, I'm going to, uh, uh, he says, if you seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, again, if you align yourself with his will, then he will provide all of these things for you. So then we have to ask, are we in the will of God? Have we sought God? Have we sought salvation? Did we come and lay our burdens at the feet of the cross? Did we? God has promised to provide for all of his children. What are you looking for? If God provided you with, with, with a Lincoln MKX, but you wanted a, a, a Lincoln Navigator, whose problem is that? Yours, not God's. He gave you what you needed. You understand? Do y'all hear what I'm saying to y'all? When we stop pursuing, according to the text, when we stop our pursuit of wealth, when we stop our pursuit of, and it ain't just money, so let's not just keep thinking on money, but when we, pers- when we stop our pursuit of everything else but God, we exhaust every option and then we go to God last. When we stop chasing everything else and start chasing the throne of God, then all of these things that we have been needing will be provided for us. According to what? His riches and glory. So then we need to stop exploring other options. We need to stop reading all these other books. We need to stop looking for all these other answers if it ain't in here. Look to the cross. Look to the cross where your Savior died. Look to the tomb where he was buried, but only for three days. He only borrowed it. He didn't need it forever. Look to the 500 plus eyewitnesses that saw him alive and well after he rose from the dead. From, from the dead. Look to the sky which, where he ascended before he disappeared 
And then look to the right hand of God where he sits to this day making intercession for the saints. And then when, you're, when, you, when, when, when your mind, when your eyes are fixed on the throne of God and he who sits on that throne, who is holy, 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 righteous and true and all of his judgments are perfect. Then we go back to E.V. Hill. And E.V. Hill said, what do you have when you have Jesus? Number one, you have peace with God. Those who love God and are called according to his purpose, we are secure in our eternal salvation. We are good. We don't worry about that. When we have Jesus, number two, we have the peace of God. We look around the world, we see wars and what? Rumors of wars all around us. But we do not become discouraged. We see high gas prices. We see all of this stuff all around us. But we do not lose heart. We do not become discouraged. We see uh, uh, loved ones pass. We see loved ones addicted. We see loved ones lost, walking away from the faith. Yet we do not lose heart because we have the peace of God that no matter where we go, no matter what life takes us through, no matter what may come our way, that God is with us. And he says, I will never leave you, what? Nor forsake you. And then what's the third thing? We have the divine supplement of God where although we're not promised anything, although we're not guaranteed anything but what? The bare necessities. When we have done the very best we could, when we have done everything that we knew how to do, and our good father, our great father, our loving, merciful, kind, gracious, generous father looks down upon his child, and we call him in the midnight hour, and we say, this is all I got. Then God reaches in his, his, his treasure chest of goodness, his mercy, his grace, and reaches his hand out and says, here, my child, take this. That is what we have when we have Jesus. When we ain't got nothing else, we got the divine supplement of God. So, I will end this message. And I'm going to say this. Me and one of my brothers, we're going through a little battle right now. And that's fine. Tomorrow ain't promised. Yesterday is gone. But every day I'm here, I'm going to do my best for God. Every day he gives me. I'm going to do my best not to carry yesterday's stick. 
and I'm not going to go get tomorrow's stick before I'm required to carry it. I'm going to take today's journey and walk it out. And if I wake up tomorrow, I take tomorrow and walk it out. And I wake up the next day and, and I'll go one day at a time. But today, today was a good day. Thanks for joining us today. Visit us at crossroadsahoski.com for more information, additional resources, and service times.